0: Beef Market Update with Ann Wasco on RealAgriculture.com is brought to you by Haney Farms. Okay, it's now time on Real Agriculture to talk about the beef markets. And when we talk beef markets, we talk to Ann Wasco, the Gateway Livestock Exchange, for our beef market update. Annie, how's it going today? I am good. How are you today, Sean? Well, I'm, it's, it's Friday. How how do you go wrong when it's Friday? That's If you're in a bad mood on a Friday, something's wrong. So, like, come on.
1: Yeah, I was sort of thinking the same thing.
0: <laughs> well, we just try to get through the day, crack a cold one eventually, <laughs> and uh, enjoy, enjoy ourselves. Uh, people that not enjoyed themselves this week are cattle feeders <laughs> because cash was down.
1: Yeah, it's... You know, Sean, this market's been been tough on the Fed cattle markets for well this month. I mean, we've we've lost another three bucks this week after losing the five last week. So it's it's been a tough deal. The market's trying to find bottom, but my goodness, it has to do it in some some big uh, volatile chunks as we've seen in the last few swings up or down.
0: Yeah, so frustrating because futures live cattle futures up two percent, but cash a- down again this week. Why do we have those sort of separations like that?
1: Well, again, that's the market trying to uh, figure out well, where the mark, you know, where this eventual market's going to be. And you've got always two sides to to every market, and uh, and basis is part of that. We've had this big, strong basis environment for quite some time, where where cash has been well over futures. Now we're getting that adjustment. So, yeah, markets are markets. They they sure keep us humble.
0: No kidding. Um, okay, so last week was the Canadian Beef Industry Conference. I'm sure that you not only attended most of the sessions, but you also uh, you heard a lot of the scuttlebutt in the hallway. What were you hearing at the conference last week?
1: Well, I mean, markets always. You know, whenever they, they see uh, a market analyst uh, you know, walk into a... There's got to be a, a joke along the lines of what happens when a market analyst walks in a bar, but I'm not sure what that line is. But uh markets always come up, and you get talking about uh, what lies ahead, and of course, the market's been under pressure, <clears throat> and the fall runs right around the corner, so we're all you know those are the discussion points. But what I got out of some of the um the key um, messages coming along the market line was, yeah, lots of u s cattle around, but again, uh, Don Clotes from Rabble Bank talked, uh, and I think he's got a story on on this, but talked lots about the global scene and uh protein demand and consumption uh, as we go forward in as far as uh, per capita consumption uh, continues to, to be on an uptick. So that was one thing. We heard, of course, more about um, some comments about Canadian dollar. Not not any big changes expected from BMO over the next year or even two, as far as exchange rate is concerned. So that's interesting. And same with uh, interest rates. They're forecast, uh, you know, maybe a wee bit more, another percentage point move between now and, and 18, but uh, no big moves there. So Again, um, interesting barometers to watch.
0: Is that Canadian dollar something you're really watching? Like to me, right now when I look at this market across the egg commodities, we've seen kind of a slow trail downwards as of late. But the, to me, the most volatile of of the commodities is really the Canadian dollar, potentially.
1: Well, it is, and I guess that was one of the things that BMO. Um, tied it back to of course other commodities like energy prices uh and and oil to be specific so until we see a significant move you know above 50 or 55 dollars um do do we see much move on canadian dollar in my sense from what i took from uh, the presentation was maybe no
0: yeah okay so let's jump back here a little bit we got a mid-year canadian inventory report what did it tell us
1: Well, again, Sean, no no huge surprise, and we shouldn't find that to be a surprise, because things that we watch all the time, like cow marketings, which are, you know, within 2% of last year, similar percentage of heifers going on feed, you know, we've been watching those things all along, and they really haven't changed, so at the end of the day, our cattle numbers nationally are about the same, 12.95 million head in Canada on July the 1st. The beef cow herd was 3.8 million, that was up 1%. Through the provinces, some minute changes. Alberta was down 1% on beef cows, Saskatchewan up 2, BC down 4, Manitoba up 3. So a little bit of bumps here and there, but at the end of the day, no big change. The, The most important number I look for in this report is the feeder cattle supply outside of feedlots. And so that means, you know, we've basically got our calf, 2017 calf crop on the ground, other than our fall calvers. And you've got uh, the cattle that have been exported and uh, whatever's left over from last year on grass. And you deduct what's already in the feedlot. And at the end of the day, the number shows us down 1% from last year. So that's nothing big. But at the start of this year, that number was up 3%. So it, it really clearly shows us how many more cattle we're getting placed on feed through the first half of this year, and then also the other barometer is this is now the, one of the smallest feeder cattle supplies we've got for Canada in the second half of this year than we've seen in over 20 years. So again, really sh- clearly shows how different the supply story is in Canada versus the U.S. Yeah, and we, so we it, continue to look at some pretty small numbers.
0: Yeah, and yeah, if you if you were hoping for feeder cattle prices to go down, this data would not be supportive of that.
1: Mm. No, no, it doesn't. It it, it shows that you're going to still have some, you know, we've got feedlot profitability has been good. Supplies can going to be small. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly going to still see strong prices vis-a-vis the U.S. at least.
0: Yeah. Okay. So today we got a big cattle on feed report. Any predictions that uh, you have
1: uh, on tap for this report? Well, the guesstimates for the u s August one report um, on on feed up five, July placements up six, big fourteen point range on that placement number. Uh, marketing's up four and a half. I think we will see a big placement number. We saw a big placement number in Western Canada from our report last week and and the conditions for margins have been very similar in both countries, so my my guess is expect a fairly big in in the realms of that six to nine percent increased in July placements. Don't forget, though, July is a small month as far as all of the, the months of the year, but it's going to be another another larger month than we've seen, and that tacks on to a big first half of the year.
0: Okay, so what, looking ahead here for the next couple of weeks, what are you paying really close attention to?
1: Well, you know, you kind of got to take the noise of some of the um, um, emotion out of the market. So, what can I watch that takes emotion out? Well, carcass weights tells me we're still very current, especially in Canada. Fed cattle kills, both countries were running at some of the largest kills we have in several years here in Canada since 20, 2011. So, big kills moving through the cattle. Carcass weights are under control. Demand still is good from when you look at cutout values and export demand. So, you know, don't, we're, we still have more cattle ahead in the U.S. But at the same time, um, I think the market's trying to really predict that well ahead of time. And rather than an October low like we saw last year, maybe it gets placed earlier than that this year.
0: Okay, Annie, have yourself a great weekend, and thanks for joining us here today.
1: Okay, thanks, on You too.